0: During the entire scenario, this entire sprint of that growth from, say, 0x to, say, 80x, we never realized that we were surviving on one brand. We never explored larger brands to self-sustain or even grow along. And that, that actually turned out to be one of our worst
1: investments. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm on a mission to help 1 million people reduce risk in their lives. To reduce risk in your life, go to myworstinvestmentever.com today and take the risk reduction assessment I created from the lessons I've learned from more than 500 guests. Fellow risk takers, this is your Worst podcast host, Andrew Stotts from A.E. Stotts Academy, and I'm here with featured guest, Akshat Malik. Akshat, are you ready to join the mission? Absolutely, Andrew. I'm excited to have you on, and it's time to have some fun. Let me introduce you to the audience. Akshat, a serial entrepreneur and a risk taker during the week, and a happy dog, dog dad on Sundays, has certainly had his shares of good and bad investments. He started his entrepreneurial tryst early on in the times when e-commerce and e-services were just seeping in trying to get a foothold in India. Fast forward to today and he has revolutionized and enhanced the health and wellness industry by reshaping the niche in cosmeceutical, derma and nutraceutical sector. He is the founder and CEO of Click on care, retail, private, limited. Akshat, why don't you take a minute and tell us about the value you bring to this beautiful world?
0: All right. So I started off back in 2013, and it was, I think, almost about nine months since I started my career with the banking sector. So I started off early, where I had very, very limited knowledge of the entire e-commerce segment. And fortunately, unfortunately, there were only two players in the market back then in the e-commerce segment, were big enough and hiring hiring big time but then i i really wanted to learn things on my own and that's where i kick started click on care and started selling generic products now when i say generic these were as generic as what you would find in a supermarket but then the initial years of my stint with the with the business actually helped me understand what are the pain points which a customer faces or what regions or demographics the pain points exist where i can find a solution it took a good amount of money it took a good amount of time but then i got onto that now as we grew about as we grew about the one thing which which i learned was burning money by raising funds is not something which i was good at and i i shouldn't be taking that route so till today whatever we have achieved and wherever we are we are self sustaining we haven't taken even a rupee from the market we have grown from say 10000 worth of investment to crores of money which we are generating today so what i'm adding to this world, a difficult question maybe too early for me but then what we try and do is make difference in lives of people who are part of click on care mm-hmm. who come on board and join us work with us either directly indirectly you try and make a difference
1: there. Maybe uh, one way of understanding your business is to talk about the kind of the top products that you sell, let's say in the cosmeceutical versus the nutraceutical, you know, very different areas. But what are the top one or two things that you're selling in those areas? So we get to understand like exactly what your, what your products are.
0: So cosmeceutical, dermaceutical is very new for the Indian market, especially. Now, how we define the Cosmos of is anything which is manufactured by a pharma segment, with, by a pharma company in India or abroad or wherever, but is not part of your mainstream availability. Now, if I have to term it this way, if you sitting out of Thailand, you go to 7 you probably would find a brand called Ducrate or Wen on the shelves there. But that isn't the case in India. In India, those are called as cosmoceuticals and dermaceuticals. So that's where we're trying to make a difference where people are still not aware of the ill effects of generic cosmetics. Another simple example, another simple example, which I would like to take a minute to explain. Now, Johnson & Johnson recently was sued for X, Y, Z reasons because of some nasty ingredients in their products. Now, in India, Johnson Johnson was a premium buy for a middle-income or, or every go-to family. Now, until, until the educated mass actually found out that there is a difference in the pH levels of usage of these products for their kids, for their children, for their babies, they were still sticking on to these generic brands. Until SebaMed came and revolutionized the entire segment and said, "Boss, I'm a generic product too. I'm a product which is costing the same, but my products are not nasty. My products are from the derma segment, not your generic cosmetic segment. So this is where our the Indian market is growing right now. And we have tried to tap it that way. Nutraceutical versus Cosma and Derma has gained potential in the last two or three years, especially with the onset of COVID. So Nutra has picked up big time and is offering more or less the same kind of solutions which Cosma is, but in a Nutraceutical format. Again, a simple example, I apply sunscreen for my SPF protection. Now, nutraceuticals in India are existing for the same solution where you don't need to apply, but eat something, eat a capsule for your, oral, for your, for your sunscreen protection. So this is, this is where the nutraceutical segment is gaining real potential in India.
1: Interesting. And you know, when you think about the big companies sometimes having nasty things in it, as you say, when I look at... I mean, take, take an example of something like milk, you end up having to pasteurize it and treat it and get rid of all of these, actually what would be really good things, but because the government and others and the companies, they don't want the liability and, you know, they don't want bacteria coming out or whatever those things are, all of a sudden they destroy the nutritional value of it for the purpose of safety.
0: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: And if that's what's. Ha- I assume that what's happening with the big, big brand names is that they end up, you know, having to use all these different types of chemicals, and then they use all kinds of smells and stuff that may not be good for. So it's not so much that they're evil; it's just that that's the way they do the business. I don't know what what is the reason why they're doing it.
0: Well, again, economies of scale. I guess now I'm not sure what happens. In Thailand or probably in US or America, majorly, but let's talk about genetic stuff, what happens in India. Now, you look up, look up for all, all these chips or snacks which you have off the shelves. Majority of them use palm oil. Now, palm oil is actually not really good. And the government is neither stopping it, They're, are they not? They're just promoting the entire segment altogether. Now, you know, people aren't aware that palm oil is not good for them. Right? but it's still growing. And the entire segment is actually being promoted by the government and the non-government segments both. So yeah, economies of scale, it's, it's bound to
1: happen. Mm. Well, it's interesting. I, I appreciate you sharing a little bit about it. And now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstance leading up to it and tell us your story.
0: Sure. So...
1: The worst investment was also my best
0: investment in the initial years. Uh, now, when we started off earlier during our conversation, I mentioned that Click on Care is a self-sustaining bootstrapped organization where we haven't taken up funds from anyone. So back in 2017-18 is when we started exploring how the Cosmoderma segment is going to help us. Now, the best investment which we did was engage with a particular brand to help build their entire segment and entire new market. Now, it helped us. It helped us immensely in the initial years, 2018 to say about 20, where the brand grew 100x, we grew, say, 80x of it, and that actually helped both of us. But But then as we went about, the brand had its own, intentions of moving around and partnering with other people in the segment. And that's where we started losing market share and our revenues got hit a bit. Now, this, this ended up in a just, and not going into details uh, right now, but in a just, this was a worse investment because as we grew, the problems which we faced before our growth kicked in are much more. And now the dependability on one brand was actually not really good for the organization. So during the entire scenario, the entire sprint of that growth from, say, 0x to, say, 80x, we never realized that we were surviving on one brand. We never explored larger brands to self-sustain or even grow along. And that that actually turned out to be one of our worst
1: investments. Mm. And did it end up that you stopped working with that brand or they started reducing what they were ordering. And then all of a sudden you were in a situation where you thought, oh, wait a minute, now we've really got to fill this gap.
0: Oh, no. So luckily we're still with them. We're still one of the largest sellers. So we're still catering. We're still, we're still probably contributing about 60% to their sales, the entire mm-hmm. sales. Right. So we're still doing that. But then we must realize that when we grow the responsibilities which come along with it. the infrastructure growth or the investments which you have done during your growth stage are much higher and that 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 gap which gets reduced from 100 to say about 60 that's a lot and by the time you realize and start investing into other brands it becomes a little difficult to sustain
1: and that was a tough call that was a tough call which we have to make Mm. so how would you describe the lessons that you learned from this
0: all right. So with this particular brand, they had a couple of SKUs. Uh, not going into much detail, but they had a couple of SKUs where where our initial understanding was that we would be exclusive. We'll be exclusive sellers for the particular brand all across. And when we when I say that, we would also be co-investing in all the marketing expenditures. And that was a big big mistake which we did. Now what started happening was the brand was also an offline player. They were also distributing their products offline to their retailers, their distributors. Now, if we were the only one selling that product on, Click on Care, it's fine. But then distributors started selling it on Amazon, you know, XYZ, eBay, or multiple other websites. Now, the brand is certainly getting its profit share because wherever it sells, it sells. And we are simultaneously co-investing into the product, into the branding, into the marketing but we aren't enough, getting enough of the entire ROI. Now that's where we got hit. So as of today, what the lesson, the major lesson which, which we learned was don't get too much invested with any one partner or brand.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a core lesson. Maybe I'll share some takeaways that I get from your story. I think the first thing that I got from it is the idea of when we think about risk in a company, There's a few very common risks that any business owner out there listening knows. They probably know about it, and they know when they're getting exposed on The first one is debt. If you bring on too much debt, it could be very difficult to overcome that. So you want to keep your debt down as low as possible. Even in the world of finance, we say, oh, no, bring on debt because it's low cost and all that. Well, don't believe all that. Absolutely. Just bring on a small amount of debt. It's okay, but try to prevent yourself from going... I would say more than funding yourself 20 to 30% from debt. So that is one of the mistakes, and I've seen so many companies get crushed. The second mistake is foreign exchange exposure. Many companies have some foreign exchange exposure that they didn't realize or, or that just really hurt them. And the third one is revenue concentration. If you have all of your revenue concentrated in any one or small number of clients, if something happens to them, then you're going to be in trouble. And I know... A similar thing happened with me in my coffee business. One of my businesses is that we did get one particular customer to become pretty large. And we really, really, really worked hard to try to expand our revenue into other customers that were big also to say, we've got to monitor the percent of the total sales that this one customer is of our total. And we've got to make sure it doesn't go over a certain amount. I think at that point, it was like 15 to 20%. That would be a huge hit to our revenue and to our business if we were to lose that. So revenue concentration is a big one that you're talking about. The other one that's interesting is that any type of partnership is difficult. You really have to clarify what we're doing, with who's doing what with what money and all that. It's very common. and It reminds me of a, a friend of mine asked me to invest in a business of his. And I think it was an interesting business and all that. But I asked him, are you doing other business? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to still do this. I'm going to still do that. And does this business own that business? No, that's separate. And I realized that he could take his energy and apply it a little bit on his own personal stuff and on the business. And I said, look, the only way I would invest is if all of the business activity that you did was under the umbrella of this business. Same umbrella, right, right. Yeah, and that's where we have to make sure that the efforts that you're gonna, and the commitment that you're gonna get, don't get, take the word, siphoned off right? Into another area, which is just natural. People will do it. Oh, yeah, but it's, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's got to be super clear. And I think that's a lesson for everybody out there. When it starts off, it seems like, oh, no, that won't be a problem, but it, it will yeah. become a problem. And therefore, you've got to make sure. And basically, don't allow any of the resources that you have to be used in a way that doesn't generate revenue for you. Don't be The nice guy, you know, that type of thing. You know, say I have to protect as I often say to people when I'm negotiating and discussing, I just say I have to protect the interests of my business partners. It's not me alone and my employees. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. And so that's one way to to handle it. Anything you would add to that?
0: Oh uh, I actually picked up good points there. We have actually phrased things very in a way, very precise and a great way. So being a nice guy is what i would like to talk about so you know with this brand association we actually tried to play the same trick as being being the nice ones and and try and give our thousand person towards the brand's growth and we always thought that you know that reciprocation would come back maybe not today but probably say a year down the line six months down the line and we gave them a lot of our time energy resources Building up their website, refining their website, you know, putting together their processes right. Because we believed in them too much. So I think there should be a limit. There should be a cap where you should know your limits and your boundaries. That this is this is where I'm going to stop. This is where I monetize and get out or maintain. And
1: this is this is where I'll not exceed. It's a great point. And I think one way to think of it for the listeners out there, if you're in a kind of an uncomfortable situation where you feel like, hey, this is stretching it a little bit, you know, stop and speak out. Because if you don't do it at the beginning, it will continue to grow and it will become harder and harder.
0: Right, right. It'll stick on. It'll, It'll be there at the back of your mind. And you'll keep thinking about it at least for 10 seconds in a day
1: it's uh, I remember someone saying it's like the camel don't let the camel get its nose under the tent because once <laughs> it gets its nose under then it's going to get its face under and then it's going to get its full <laughs> body under so body under there. have your limits and have your boundaries and don't don't hesitate to tell your business partners you know and your, your customers and that to say hey this is not okay with me I think can we discuss this so that's right, right. great great lesson so Based upon what you learned from this story and what you continue to learn, what one one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same fate?
0: I think I'll, I'll come across such a situation again. And I think there will be mistakes, but new ones, not the same ones. But one thing which I would recommend not others to fall into is a point which I picked up from your last sentence. Never hesitate in speaking out. Never hesitate in speaking out what's there at the back of your mind. Because if your partner values you, they'll listen to you, they'll discuss it out, they'll actually come to a common ground which doesn't disturb your mental peace of mind and is fruitful for the relationship. This is where, this is actually one of the points where we suffer too. And this is, I think, the primary reason for all the problems. You don't speak, you keep it in your head, you want to hold on to it, you have a fear of losing something in the entire process. And that fear is actually. Poisonous. So my takeaway would be speak up. Don't keep
1: it at the back of your mind. Yeah. And the other thing I would add to that is that it's not easy at that time because you're vulnerable. You need that customer. You need that revenue. Yeah. It is important. So, you know, in hindsight, we can look back and go, just speak up. But you know, it's hard. And for the listeners yeah. out there that are in that situation, just trust us to say to know that if you speak out now, it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be an issue, maybe, but it's gonna be solved as opposed to letting it grow. So what, let me ask you, what is a resource that you'd recommend for our listeners?
0: All right. So this is where, if I would like to offer something, if I, again, let me yep. just, right. All yeah. right. Okay. So I started this a couple of months back during the second wave of COVID in India, and, and I started mentoring a couple of people from my alumni, groups and i went to my school i went to my school groups and i went to my college groups and said that hey if someone is starting out let me just put in some inputs or let me just contribute something where if it helps helps if it doesn't help it doesn't but let me let me just put out a word uh, there so i started taking about five people in a month giving about say an hour all of them through the week, listening to them and probably helping them out in areas, whatever I can contribute. So this is again out there to whoever is listening to this podcast. In case I can add value to your business or make a difference to your lives, I'll be more than happy to do so. And what's and, the and best way for them to reach you? Shoot out an email, right into am1 at clickoncare.com. That's alpha mic number one at the rate, click on care.com.
1: Perfect. And we'll have that in the show notes and feel free to reach out, take the opportunity to get some help, get some support. One of the things that I love about this podcast is that the people that come on are the people who really are the type of people that you can trust because they're willing to go back and look at their mistakes and work through them. That's the kind of person that I want to work with. So here for the listeners out there, you've got a chance to get to know and get some get some support. All right, last question. What is your number one goal for the next 12 months?
0: All right, so through all the mistakes which I've done, I've realized that in the last say seven, eight years, I've been building brands. I've been putting in a lot of effort. My team has been putting in a lot of effort to build someone else's brand. And what we ultimately get is an X amount of margin, which is not enough at the end of the day. But what we've decided to do along is invest into more and more research to develop our own brands, and we are almost done with it. So in the next 12 months, we plan to bring about a couple of SKUs which will help add brand value to the organization. So our own own line of products. Fantastic.
1: Well, listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. If you haven't yet taken the risk reduction assessment, I challenge you to go to myworstinvestmentever.com right now and start building wealth the easy way by reducing risk. As we conclude, Akshat, I want to thank you again for joining our mission. And on behalf of Ace Dots Academy, I hereby award you alumni status for turning your worst investment ever into your best teaching moment. Do you have any parting words for the audience?
0: Thank you so much for your time, Andrew. It was lovely speaking to you. And I think more than me contributing to my, my failures and my experiences, I think I learned a couple of things from you as well.
1: That's the beauty of podcasting in this podcast is that we're all learning. And that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and protect our, well, fellow risk takers. Thank you for joining our mission to help 1 million people reduce risk in their lives. This is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stott, saying, I'll see you on the upside.